Welcome to Third Nate here on Next Door Radio, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Here are your hosts, Brandon Adcock and Jason Varner. Hey guys, so welcome back to Third Nate on Next Door Radio and NextDoorRadio.com. Uh, they're brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Um, yeah, I want to start off the weekend by saying, or excuse me, uh, the Monday night by saying, there aren't many weekends that make me want to go play in traffic. But <laughs> as a Duke fan and a Tom Brady hater, this was a rough one, fellas. Yeah, uh, that was a horrible weekend, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. hey, big oof, as the young kids say, darn, as I would say on the radio, that's not the word I want to use, but it's the one I'm required to use, though, by FCC rules, but... Aside from no- being COVID-free, it sucked. I'd rather have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you went back and was like, you can have Duke win, a timer to lose Super Bowl, you would have COVID for six months. I'd be like, sign me up, I'm on work anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I- I'm just going to sit here this whole show and wait on you to <clears throat> talk yourself out of the hole you dug. You never voluntarily shut up in your life. Don't even sit here and nah, lie to me like that. <laughs> I feel like I don't. I don't know say, that he's ever been forcefully shut up in his entire life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm going to sit here and wait for you to try to figure yourself out this one because all this hoping and dreaming and talking all season long, and I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you what was going to happen. Do not count the man out ever. Oh, oh I told you from the beginning, like I wouldn't be shocked if he won the Super Bowl. To all you people out there talking about he's washed up, he's done. The man 43. I told, I said on one of our very first podcasts and radio shows, I'm not even going to believe Tom Brady is out after he retires. I won't believe Tom Brady's done until they lower him into the ground. I don't trust him sitting above ground in the casket. He may pop out <laughs> and want to hit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I got you. You know what I mean? But honestly, in the first half, it was some horrible calls by the refs. Oh, God, here we horrible. go. No, no, no. No. No, they were bad. No, they weren't. Chris, okay, they yeah, weren't yeah, bad. They were, they were, they were bad. They Mike, weren't bad. They okay, were, Mike Evans fell on a forty-yard pass, no, right there before halftime, which you was frustrated with. Yeah, that hurt me. I yeah. lost nine hundred dollars. Yeah, he fell, and it was called a pass interference. It he was didn't fall. He was tripped. The defender fell and hit him and hit the his calf and tripped him up. Okay, he now technically you can, hit his butt cheek. Now you can say that the defender fell and it wasn't his fault, but that in but football, the ball, if the defender hits him. Before the ball's there and he's not looking back, that's grounds for pass interference. I'm not saying it was the most worthy of pass interference calls, but there's you think no anybody argument. else gets that call. Yeah, it's happened all season. Okay, and then like you know, so a couple of plays later. Hey, first of all, typically though for PI calls, you know, I'm saying to be had has to be a catchable ball. Typically, hey, otherwise it's holding. And two, you know, hey, two or three plays later. Uh, hey, Gronk got a pass into the end zone that was seven yards out of bounds and hit the wall. They were like, flag. I was like, come on, bro. Because Gronk can go up in there and catch balls, man. Yeah, but he's not diving 10 foot to his left and catching yeah. it on the B-line. Okay. All, boy, all all the, he did look pretty impressive. Boy, there was some Tampa fans mad on that rush, though, to the goal line that they did not make it to, won't they? Yeah, because yeah, they, like they, they did make it. Because <laughs> they made it. No, they did not. Yeah, he did the, not. The ball clearly... The ball was at Penetrate his the gut. Line. The ball was at his gut. His helmet barely penetrated the line. Wait, wait, and his, his hel- helmet okay. was a foot and a half past the ball. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Did you here we go. His helmet barely penetrated the line. Yeah. His helmet was clearly in the end zone. The, helmet, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, the ball the only needs, the view from over overneath or from above. Good lord. No, overneath. Overneath. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Worry, baby. The ball <laughs> caught the brand needs only to break 
the very front of the plane of the line. That's it doesn't fine. have no, to the, cross the back no, of the, the line. But the problem is, is he was carrying the ball in his he chest. Was when not, he, he was carrying it high. He was right not. He was carrying chest, it in his gut. And he was carrying it like every running back's taught to carry it was at the his hole. waist. Here, he ducked through his oh, helmet all the way across the line. His helmet was barely I mean, breaking the line. Just to be clear, at the end of the day, it did not matter. It didn't matter. Hey, can I make a bold claim here on 38? Go ahead. Mike Rimmers is the worst player in the Super Bowl all time. That man, wow. I saw Von Miller single-handedly to put Mike Rimmers on ice skates in the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl. And when I heard Mike Rimmers had to start at tackle for the Chiefs, I was like, bro, y'all couldn't find nobody on the couch. That won't nobody <laughs> in the crib just chilling like, I need to play in the Super Bowl. I would have rather put a tight end at tackle over Mike. Line up Tyreek Hill. Line well, up a running back. I mean, I don't know Why if you saw it, but they used Watkins and Kelsey to block uh, JPP. To, and they couldn't <laughs> do it. J- no, they did. They, you know, they blocked him. They they blocked him well. When it was the receivers blocking JPP, it only happened twice in the game. They blocked him both times. The tackles couldn't seem to do it. I'm telling it, you. It was a rough game. Though I have never seen. Chiefs. Obviously, hey, looking at the score, you know, had the Chiefs only, you know, he did muster up nine points. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you sit there and watch the game, I think Pat Mahomes had the most rushing yards on both teams running backwards all night. Well, no, nah, Fournette they put were, up some yards. Jones put up yeah, some yards. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, Patrick like, Mahomes, like a lot of people's going to look at this game and say Pat had a bad game. Pat didn't have a bad Pat game. Pat was trying not to die. <laughs> I didn't Pat, realize like, he threw for 270 yeah, yards. Yeah, for 270. But, but he did. Yeah. But he, like, you know, we, we were watching it with our wives. Our wives were like, why is he running the wrong way? He's not running the wrong way. He's trying, he to, he's trying to keep yeah. the play alive because as soon as he snaps the ball, Tampa Bay's front four is in the backfield. Now, you might say that's because Kansas City had a terrible line. I what do. I Tampa t- Bay does have a good line, though. But what I will tell you is they've been in the backfield in every game. They made Green Bay look like they were wearing ice skates. Yeah. They made the Saints look like they were wearing ice skates. The on- they made the Washington football team look like they were wearing ice skates. The only difference between all four of those games was that Washington had a young, inexperienced player that had legs. It took him... Just saying, seven minutes. Just uh-huh. saying, we're gonna compare it later. Fifteen the on t- that one. The yeah. toughest game for we're gonna talk about the road to the Super Bowl for Tampa, because everybody said, well, you know, it's gonna be such a tight game, and I thought it'd be tighter than what it was. I think everybody but, thought it'd be. But tighter the road to the Super Bowl, the two hardest games for Tampa, it came down to like a forty yards difference in the game. Was Green Bay and Washington? Those two teams played a better game against Tampa than what the Chiefs. Or any other I AFC mean, teams could have done. Two, though, you know, honestly, you got to look at it where, all right, I'm not making excuses, but these are actual facts. Chiefs did miss over half their O-line. Okay. Mahomes does have turf toe. And honestly, just looking at the box score, just just if I had never watched the game. You wouldn't think you threw 270. The only thing that stands out to me is the penalty yardage. Because they were committing penalties. 11 for 120. The only one who really aggravated me, honestly, was when Tom Brady – Went after the Chiefs' safety and they called the flag on Honey Badger. Like Brady went after him and then he's gonna call the flag on him. I don't think that's the way it went, but that, I mean, you can go back and look at it. That's what happened. And the second one who, you know, honestly kind of bothered me a little bit is with Chris Jones and him in the center of the guard and center of the tussling. He got two men tussling with him. He slapped his hand off flag. How was that unnecessary roughness? He got two huge grown men holding because him he hit him because he hit him in the face. No, he slapped his arm off. No, he reached up and punched him in the face is what they called him for. Yeah, well, they had him holding him up. Like That's fine. You don't punch him done. in the face. I would. And the, the, <laughs> deal, with Tom, and the deal with Tom and uh, Honey Badger was, and I like both of them, you know, it's all right to run your mouth. 
Like, talk trash. That's good. Tom said something. You saw Honey Badger say something to a player. Tom told him to get off the running back. I think that's what happened. And then Honey Badger <laughs> want to get get in his face and start pointing his finger in Tom's face. You can't touch yeah. him. That's why got yeah. him his penalty. And see, he, you know, here's something I noticed in the second half of the game that, honestly, though, if you go back and look at it, a ton of Tampa Bay's plays were scripted dead at Honey Badger. Absolutely. Like, you're going to make this decision I'm going to penalize you for. Though. Right. If you play the run, I'm dumping it over your head. If you play up, I'm dumping it behind you. Because he's their best secondary player. And Gronk, he run a seam route, you know, obviously I'll play action, but like, Honey Badger went left, Gronk went dead the same though for a big play. Yep. That was literally nobody in the picture frame though where Gronk caught the football. Gronk oh. ain't no small dude. He's 6'7 to 265. Yeah. It ain't like he hard to find. It's like, right. you know, I didn't see you in the store with the red shirt on, Brandon. You lying. I look like the Kool-Aid man. Well, they were sold out on the run. Yeah. And Honey Badger knew he had to play up. Yeah. Well, and Gronk I, ended up with what? Two of the three touchdowns? Yeah. Yep, I, he did. And I said this earlier. I hate everything that's Patriot or Tom Brady. But I got to tell you, Gronk is one of my favorite people to watch be interviewed. He looks, he reminds me literally of what Herman Munster that would be if he played football. <laughs> Just big and goofy with that stuff sticking out of his neck. He he might be Frankenstein. We don't know. Gronk is just, he's got a big broke back. He's goofy. He's he does party seem dude. goofy. He, he, like, he just seemed like he'd be somebody who'd be fun to hang out with. No, but, but if you'd have told me, excuse you me, you know what, if you'd have told me at halftime, that Pat Mahomes was not going to make a single touchdown in the entire game. I'd have told you you were wrong. I would if have you told me in the third quarter. <laughs> um, right. But I did not see that coming. Well, that, and that, that's – look, Tom Brady played a heck of a game. Honestly, he only had 201 yards, but, I mean, he made smart plays. He did his job. He did what he needed to do. He kept – Kansas off the field as much as he could. The Bucks showed but up. You know their defense did not. You know what this game, you know, honestly remind me of it. Me, you talked about this on the podcast earlier. You know, hey, this week they'll find us on Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. But it's how Brady early on in his career had elite defenses. And like I'm not knocking Brady. He's got seven props to him, man. Going into the Hall of Fame first ballot guy. He looks like he's 25, playing like he's 28, whatever. But <laughs> you know, early on, he had a, a whole bunch of good defenses led by Lawyer Malloy, Ty. Um heck of a defense, man. Yeah, excuse me. You know, and now it's like it's happening again. Right. His defense held the most high-scoring offense in the league. Oh, shut him down. To nine points. Mm-hmm. The same defense he got that got a, torched by him earlier. Yeah. yeah. And he had a good run game who ran for, honestly, almost as much as he threw. Mm-hmm. And this, honestly, this game that reminded me, though, of when, you know, hey, Bill Belichick played the greatest show on turf in 2001. And coming in with Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk, you know what I'm saying, that we have an explosive offense. And nobody thought, honestly, Brady was going to win. It's the biggest point spread covered though in 2001. You know, that's, you know what I'm saying, has ever been covering the Super Bowl. You know, nobody thought going in in 01 he was going to win. Right. And he did. And that's what happened today. He was very controlled, very poised in the pocket. 21 for 29. You know, he had two of one and three touchdowns. He had a good defense, excuse me, a great defensive game plan and some huge running backs who, you know, who helped. That's what I call a team effort. Yeah. And as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, as much as I like Pat Mahomes, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a great defense. And Pat Mahomes today did not have a good O-line. But let me ask you this, though. How does, how does he find that? Do you th- at, the, at that point, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm not going to yeah. argue that he doesn't have good defenses, but there's something about him that makes – even his defense play better, man. I mean, it's Ooh, one guy that keeps going to these programs. I will give Brady they- this. As much as I despise him just because, 
you know what I'm saying? I just don't like him. I'm a Colts fan. He ruined a bunch of my Sundays and happiness and joy and all that good stuff. And I hate seeing the man win. He's the ultimate competitor. Yeah. Like and I you, think he inspires people I would on sit his here team, and yeah. I say, I hate Brady. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. But that dude will show up and he will hold your tail accountable for everything you do. And that's like he told Devin White, you know, at the NFC title game where it's like, why are you crying, bro? I'm not done. You're not done either. And me and you touched on this on the podcast. Devin White and Avante David are the two prototypical linebackers you want covering a tight end. Absolutely. And that was one part of the night. I want to say with the first play out of halftime, then the Chiefs had run a draw. Yep. Devin Wright run Ran from him the down. right hash mark to the left side down and chased down a tailback. Yep. Bro, that is a 245-pound linebacker. Yep. That is not human. Four, four, five? Yeah, right? two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's he, a four four two dog. Yeah, four four two. Yeah, he's fast. He ran from right hash to upper left sideline and caught a tailback. You can't come on now. That so, is just unfair. Watching this tonight, I, I have two observations from it. One, this goes to show you how good San Diego could be with a good coach, because these two teams remind me of one another. San Diego with Justin Herbert reminds me of Tom Bray with, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And they won the same way that San Diego was winning early on in the season before Anthony Lynn messed it up for them. So maybe, maybe, if you're San Diego watching this game, you got to have feel it's better LA about now. yourself. Or L.A., whatever. It feels weird, don't oh, yeah. like, The Chargers, yeah, whatever. Sorry, names, Chargers. Yeah. We, if you're L.A. Chargers and you're watching this game, you got to feel good about it, man. Like, you got to say, look, we can do this. We were doing it. Four and three quarters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, three and four quarters of, of three parts of another quarter. Hey, so, three and three quarters. Yeah, three and three quarters. That's what I meant. <laughs> so, and then our coach blew it for us. Yeah. Like, if we, now we have, dude, I mean, it, they're almost identical teams. Yeah. Very, very close. Except, like, you can't really hold, like, Justin Herbert yet in the same category as Tom Brady. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Honestly, I think he's a better, okay. Easy. He's a better quarterback? At, at that point in right. his career. But. Yeah. Tom Brady's a better overall player, greatest all time. Yeah. The other thing I would say is, this goes to show you how important a good defense is because Tampa. You look at Tampa Bay's offense. I can show you another offense that's almost identical to them. You can show you Minnesota several. Vikings. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, the receiving core that Minnesota has, and Kirk Cousins. That offense produces even more points than what Tampa Bay produced. But without the defense, you cannot get there. Okay, that was 14 minutes. You can't do it. <laughs> Personal record, Jason. I'm just saying. 14 minutes in the Michigan Kirk Cousins. Well, so speaking, speaking of 14 minutes, so we're, we're going to have to take a break here real quick, but I do want to ask you guys a question when we get back from the break. All right, ask it now. I, I, I want to go ahead break. and give you the heads up, though. Yeah. Okay. So a, a lot of what I understand, at least from, from this season, is that – is it Bruce Aarons? Uh, Aarons, yeah. Aarons, okay. Uh, he allowed Tom Brady to – to be a part or, of the coaching. Yeah. Absolutely. So once Tom Brady is done playing, do you think he goes and coaches somewhere? Mm. Yeah. We'll and if so, good question. where do we send him? Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after this. Thanks for listening to us here on Next Door Radio, nextdoorradio.com, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Welcome back to Third Nate here on Next Door Radio, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Let's get back to the show with your hosts, Brandon and Jason. Now, hey guys, hey, welcome back to the Third Nate on Next Door Radio, nextdoorradio.com. 
And Chris asked us going out in segment one, you know, if, you know, hey, we thought Tom Brady, that would, after he retired in 180 doggone years, <laughs> uh, if he would come back and coach in the NFL. I think he'll be 181 then, right? Yeah. yeah he <laughs> he won't look like, like it. He ate is like fine wine or a vampire. However you want to look at it, it's, uh, to uh-huh. me, it's the vampire because fine wine is not a, you know, a, you know, a horrible thing. But Tom Brady's horrible to me. No, but seriously, like, all can decide, I do think he'll coach at some point. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be immediately after he retires. I mean, he just doesn't seem like the commentator type to me. I could be wrong, but no, if, he's going to want if he's if he's been that beneficial to Tampa Bay, and maybe he hasn't been. I, I I'm just getting into football. But he has. If he's been that beneficial to Tampa Bay, why would he not go into coaching? Why would they not ask him to go into coaching? Oh, I agree. And uh, so, if he does go into coaching, where do you see him going? That's an interesting point too. Where I think that. You had touched on it before the breakout. Bruce Arians said he, you know, he allowed time to come into the fold and help coach. And I think with, you know, honestly, quarterbacks of Tom's caliber, of Peyton Manning's caliber, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, you know, hey, Brett Favre and the sort, you have to allow those guys to definitely have some sort of input on the offensive, not a ton. Right. You know, and I think, and Jason, I'm going to let you answer this. I don't know where Tom would go. I mean, I got a good mm-hmm. idea. If I was Tom, all things aside, if I had to pick just, you know what I'm saying, just based off the weather, bro, I'm cool with 90 and 80, you know, hey, 90 and 85 and sunny over 12 degrees on a foot of snow in New England. Absolutely, England. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, honestly, though, I don't, like you said, I don't know that he'll go into it right away. And I don't even know if he'll go into coaching, like, at, at the NFL level as a head coach or anything like that. I can see him going into, like, um, like a GM role. Some something like that player development, yeah. but I, I could also see him opening up like some uh, elite caliber quarterback school too, because you know he is big on the community, and I, I can see him getting involved with college kids, younger kids, yeah. developing them. In now, them. Brady coaching in college, that would be interesting. How about if he went back to Michigan, his alma mater, who honestly at some point is going to have to get rid of Jim Harbaugh, contrary to popular belief in Michigan, uh, and, and, and turn him into a national. Who wouldn't want to go play for him? I mean, who would, you rather, what, who would you rather play for, Tom Brady or Nick Saban? Tom Brady. Because uh, we Saban. know the only reason Nick Saban's won all his championships is because he's been able to recruit all the best players. Yeah, no, but you can argue that for Ohio State, Clemson, Hoover. I mean, yeah, obviously the same team is competitive right. year in, yeah, year out. I'm just saying, no, if you had Saban's a choice, yeah, I could go play under Tom Brady, the most winning quarterback of all time. Okay, hey, I think I'll go play under him. Hey, I will say this. If, hypothetically speaking, if Tom Brady goes to Michigan and wins Michigan a natty title, he'd be the best athlete of any sport ever of all time. Uh, he, I, that I would see be that the happen. most baller stuff of all time. Three but, minutes, 15 seconds on February the 8th. I will mark it down. What? That you say he would be the greatest athlete. Oh, ever. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to coach at your alma mater after winning six Super Bowl titles, bro, ain't nothing else you can do. Like, like that's like I said on the podcast. If Tom wins seven, He's, you know, he's officially got that muscle between his neck and his head. Quit going to the gym, Tom. Yeah, he goes. You, you yeah. won. That's it. Like, Tom, what else do you Quit need? Quit showing to do? off. Yeah. Like, and honestly, they didn't even really want him there, though. Who? Who? Tampa Michigan. Bay. Oh. oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Michigan they kept bringing in Drew Stanton. Yeah. They, they kept he trying to replace slap him, him in the face over and go to Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would honestly, be ball or up. Michigan State. That would be the biggest Tommy Stones move of all yeah. time. Like, hey, man, y'all didn't want me here. Guess what? I don't want y'all winning. I'm going. You know. I mean, I'd love to see him come to some school like you know Duke or something. It's like completely. Yeah, and I would love to have abs and ain't happy. Yeah. So. Oh, we can yeah, we can see, wish list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah see, everybody said though for years. Honestly, Peyton Manning that would go into some kind of coaching role or go into the commentator booth, and it's been five years, and he's going into the Hall of Fame this year. I love you, Dad. He's it's making too much to money. You. 
And you think Tom ain't gonna make money? No, no, no that's what I'm saying. But I, I do. Peyton does run those quarterback development schools, and I, I can see Tom doing and the does same. Peyton plays his final ESPN yeah. plus, and I, I think Tom will be doing the same thing. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why Tom would want to tie himself down to one location. But if he did, I could tell you where I'd like to see him at. Where? I mean, I oh, like, I like, I love for him to come to Washington. I love that to have four him minutes. Yep. <laughs> hey, look, so I'm keeping as a fan. How time. can I? You wouldn't want him to come to Indianapolis and turn your program into a you know it's ten time in twenty years uh, we're going yeah. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, okay. So <laughs> this is for you know, hey, people who may not know me personally, but my hatred for anything runs deeper than my love for anything. So I have been a LeBron James hater for years. Once he signed with LA, like I'm a doc. Like there's a Kobe plaque on the wall hanging on the mantelpiece near my parents. If that tells you how you know near and dear Kobe Bryant is to my heart, you won't find that with the Lakers, uh, you know, stuff in my house right now. Because I stand by my statement. I'm a certified hater. I like the Lakers. I hate LeBron. You feel me? Wow. I yeah, but Tom Brady I'm, ain't LeBron. Uh, but I hate him too. But if, but if that's <laughs> what it took to get the Colts to win some Super Bowls, I don't think Brandon's willing to pay that price. You were wrong. Because oh. you can ask anybody. Bron, he lit, um, excuse me, to L.A. back and won a title last year. Uh-huh. I didn't cheer for them. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If that's what it would take to get them to the Super Bowl, I don't think you're willing to pay that price, right? I'm not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I misunderstood you. Like, I don't think yeah. you understand like how deep my hatred for certain. Like, okay, that's like if Roy Williams ever coached that dude. Ugh. Oddly enough, I don't hate Roy Williams. He's the second best coach of my lifetime after Coach K. I'd rather have Roy Williams. Yeah, right but now you can't come K. from a such. I'd a be all right trainer. with it. I would be I'd mad be, for like a year. Not me. And then I'd be like, I, I love it. No, recruit Roy Williams right now. He said, uh, we, "Yeah, hey, we're not getting into I'm this." I'm just one. saying, I'm over Coach K. Well, bless his heart. Him. He's he he's gonna ride the wave. Jason's yeah. hate run deep too. Apparently, yeah, it does. <laughs> hey, bro, you crossed the line one time, and I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of Duke, Carolina, that he also played over the weekend. Yeah, Duke well, hold on. Surprise. Yeah, well, like, look, I love Duke, but I'm telling you, this ain't the year. Ain't nothing I have for seen Duke have some questionable a freshman incoming classes. This may be the one I find, I ain't going to say the most questionable, but honestly, it's up there. You know, hey, coming in, they actually recruited a starting five. Mm-hmm. The point guard, Jeremy Roach, and DJ Stewart at the two guard, Jalen Johnson at the three, Henry Coleman and, um, excuse me, Jamie Brakefield at the four, and Mark Williams at the five. You would think that, you know, honestly recruiting each guy who plays a certain spot, mm-hmm. you would see a little bit more a difference in the rotation of my Carolina or, or whoa, yeah, like against Carolina. But, hey, Coach K, he made some questionable choices as far as his lineup. He's been doing that yeah. for a while now. They got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But a lot of work. He, Mark he Williams, ain't worried about them. Mark mm-hmm. Williams has been his most, his most heavily lean on big guy. Mm-hmm. As far as just paint protection, he's seven foot tall. He's got one other seven footer. Yeah. You know what dude. hurt Coach K when he went to start coaching the Olympic team or the uh, yeah like the USA team, Team USA, and he got used to all those you know NBA type athletes and how they. It's a completely different game. Okay, yeah, so that ruined yeah. him. I, like I'm gonna say you know what I'm saying as far as it ruined it, but I will think that he he buys into the. You know, hey, what I call, and I'm sure everybody calls, you know what I'm saying, a positionless basketball. The game is different in college. It is. Carolina has big men, excuse me, the one, Amano Baycott, Garrison Brooks, and Dayron Sharp. But I'm going to go in here, though, right now and say it. Honestly, before he leaves Carolina, Dayron Sharp is going to be a top five, hey, big man, all time at Carolina, though, if he stays until he graduates in four years. Mm-hmm. 
I have not seen a guy who come in his freshman year who's built like that. Have you ever seen a tank? Yeah. Have you ever seen I mean, a tank though with arms and legs and a head nope. and a chest? Dayron Sharp is massive. Like he big boy. You know, he like grown man out there. You know, hey, Duke coming in started Jeremy Roach, uh, the Wendell Moore, had DJ Stewart, had Matthew Hurd, and Mark Williams. I thought going into the game that was a perfect lineup. Jordan Goldwire had to come off the bench. And Jeremy Roach, who's the freshman, he's a little bit more explosive and he's able to score to Jordan Goldwire. He's an excellent defender, typically speaking, a man to man. His turnover, you know, hey, ratio is very good. It stops in the ACC. He's and he gets a ton of steals, but his ability to score honestly has killed Duke a time this year. If Jordan Goldwire gives you anything on the offensive end, it's a definite plus. Like, I mean, just you know, honestly, God, if he scores five points, you're like, whew, he give us something. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, but starting Jeremy Roach and having Matthew Hurd and um excuse me, Mark Williams, you know, he coming in, you're like, okay, he started some size. The first two substitutions he brings in is Jalen Johnson, who was our most touted freshman, who got benched uh, last week, come in and played soft against Miami, and he got benched. So, you know, he brought in Jalen Johnson and Jamie Brayfield. So it's like he took out two seven-footers and brought in guys who were 6'8". Right. That's fine, K, on offense. But on defense, when Garrison Brooks and Armando Bay kind of did Ron Sharp are touching the ball under the basket, mm-hmm. you've got a six-inch height advantage. Right. Now, I'm no mathematician. Right. But six inches is a ton of height in basketball. Mm. Yeah. And that's what absolutely killed Duke, in my opinion, was their – it just case substitutions patterns just bothered me. But it was a four-point game, highly competitive. Honestly, I'm shocked it was that close. He, you know, Henry Coleman come in and tied as a power forward slash center. He's six foot eight. Mm-hmm. Like – it has to be somebody who's mm-hmm. who's tall and want to play for Duke. Okay, I don't care if he's three star. You know, hey, bring him in and mold him. You can teach space in the floor, defense. You can't teach seven foot though. If you could, I'd right. be seven foot. Then my son <laughs> be six eight at the age of seven. Right. No, I think the the problem there, and I know you're not going to want to admit to this. And Duke a lot has of seven aren't. blocks to Carolina's three. That's yeah. wild. I did not see that. There, it's nostalgia, right? With Coach K, it's nostalgia, and I think Duke fans just needs to get to the point where they're saying we got to move on. I mean. His head's not in Duke anymore. His heart's not in Duke anymore. And it's all playing out on the court for two, two, three years now. I mean, Zion bought you a little time. I think but that's part of the problem. I think too that that, you know, Tyus Jones, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, uh, his Zion Williams and Marquise Bowden team, that stinks. Cause I think, you know, hey, that was his best chance at a title. Yeah, you know, since his last and he couldn't Tyus coach Jones. At one point, you were coaching no names yeah. into national championship teams, yeah. and you couldn't take that team yeah. and do it. That's the, the problem. Only, yeah, like he has developed, and I hate to say this, the only players I can think that have stayed and developed under K the past couple years, I got to start off there with Jordan Gowire. He still plays at Duke, and he was a three-star recruit that coming out of North Cross, Georgia. Nobody ever – he was bought in, honestly, and he said this. Yeah, I was a scout team guy. I was brought here, hey, under scholarship just to run the scout team. And now he's usually a starter. And Grayson Allen's one who stayed, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, he won his 90 title, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he stayed and developed. And Emil Jefferson was another. And Marshall Plumley. 
And right off the top of my head, Jason, those have been... There was a hard transition. Yeah. yeah, so honestly, he, he was, just had a start in five of developers in five to six years, and that is not going to work no, in college. it was a hard transition, too. And I, I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what it was outside of him coaching that USA team or whatever yeah. that... Oh, yeah, he had Matt Jones, too, but what, Matt Jones got What was nerves. the mentality guy, change? What was the change in philosophy that went from, I'm going to recruit these guys. They're yeah. good players, don't get me wrong, but they're going to stick around three, yeah. four years. They're going to develop. We're going to build a reputation, and we're going to become national championship caliber team yep. to, I'm just going to go after the best player out there and, see, and ride them for a year. Yeah, me and you talked about this on a podcast before, but I think and this is where Duke fans kind of caught up in it. Jeremy Roach, DJ Stewart, Mark Williams – and Jamie Brakefield and Henry Coleman, barring a transfer, which I could probably see Henry Coleman and maybe Brakefield heading out. You know, honestly, Roach and Moore, or excuse me, Roach and Stewart are going to be our backcourt for next year. These are guys who are going to stay in your seven and Hopefully. seven. Yeah, I don't think any of these guys. Now Jalen Johnson is good enough to go, and but he's one of them guys where you can get in trouble drafting him. Honestly, they're the worst. Uh, he worried in sports. And excuse me, to his potential. You draft a guy usually off of what he does. Jalen got, or excuse me, no, Jalen Johnson has all the potential. You got to be careful with guys like that. You got to be careful with him. Yeah, because a lot of it's speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Jason Tatum, you saw he was prime time. Brandon Ingram, you saw he was prime time. Justice Winslow, you saw he was prime time. You know, and Jabari Parker, as bad as that, you know, hey, Duke team was, he played power forward at 6'7 and was averaging, you know, hey, 19 and 8. You saw he was prime time. What do you think? Do you think you're ever going to get to the point where you're saying, all right, it's time to go, coach? Or you just stuck That's going to be the day I die. Nostalgia. Wow. Like, honestly, like, I yeah. I figured. Hey, you Coach K is like my grandpa. Okay. Well, grandpa <laughs> well, has to be uh, retire at some point. Well, you know, the, so <clears throat> I'm looking at the stats real quick. So it was a four point game, but boy. Carolina had 22 free throws. And I can tell you why. 22. Typically speaking, and like I would complain about the refs. If I just looked at that by score, like I would complain about the refs. Carolina was just bigger and stronger. Yeah, they were big inside. They, they got a fouls. lot of, yeah. Sure. They got a lot of that fouls but, of offense, you know, but they, if they had been rebounds. better from the free throw line. Oh, it would have been a blowout. Carolina oh, was missing them left and right. <laughs> like, I, that's what I'm looking at here. It's like, wow, that that really tells a little more like, story. Carolina of the game. missed three or four down the stretch. And honestly, if you have given me a list, of give me five possibilities on how Duke's chances of the win, you know what I'm saying, that would have been over, I would have said a Wendell Moore turnover in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> like, plain and simple. Like, I love Wendell. He's a, you know what I'm saying, he's a fabulous sophomore. He's definitely a four-year player at Duke. Mm. I ain't missing nothing about Duke. I ain't even <laughs> watched but like one game this year. But look, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you, Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment, for sponsoring this hour of Third and Eight. And when we get back, we'll talk some more about some football, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Third and Eight here on Next Door Radio, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Let's get back to the show with your hosts, Brandon Adcock and Jason Varner. Hey guys, and welcome back to Third and Eight on Next Door Radio, nextdoorradio.com, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Jason, obviously, every year before the Super Bowl kicks off, that we have our Hall of Fame induction class. Mm-hmm. This one that was big for me, 
Obviously, I'm a Colts fan, and there's one reason why. Uh, well, you knew this one was coming. Yeah, he wore number 18. You know, he played at the University of Tennessee, and he's my Speech. favorite quarterback. Speech, go ahead. Yeah, he's my, he's my favorite quarterback of all time. He's my favorite professional athlete of all time. He's a great SNL host, and he's the reason I'm a football fan, to be honest. And quite frankly, he's a dad I never had. It was Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> he was inducted into Canton this weekend, and I'm seriously going to go if I can help it. Uh, He'll hey, be the COVID. guy in the back stand up and be like, you're really my dad. <laughs> Dude, they test you. I love you, Think I won't. <laughs> think, and honest to goodness, if I ever get to shake Peyton Manning's hand, like I may collapse because I always told myself I want to die at the peak of my life. And that may be it, brother man. You know, but, we really need to put a side-by-side of, of you and Peyton up on third and eight so we can just make sure that forehead measurement matches. Yeah, no, if it do, let's that's use, better than DNA. Let's use my son for that second. Because that man <laughs> got a... grandkid. <laughs> yeah, that, I love my son, boy, but he got a chrome dome on him. <laughs> hey, other inductions though, with Alan Fanica, though, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is honestly one of the best guards in pro football history, in my opinion. He had the long, long hair, huge body. He was a great pulling guard and stuff like that. Yeah, you, know, you had uh, Tom yeah, Flores as the yeah. head coach. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Okay, course. I want to say something real fast. He had a short career, and people argue that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Wow. I have never in the history of my life, even today, seen a receiver who terrified people more than Calvin Johnson. And the bad part was, is you knew Stafford was going to throw to him mm-hmm. eight times out of ten. They had two men on the line of scrimmage, and it was nothing you could do about it. And he was bad. And what's worse, and this is what tripped me out, is he played in a triple option offense at Georgia Tech. Yeah, he's a bad dude. He had like six catches a game for like a buck 40 and two touchdowns every game. It worked, man. Calvin Johnson was a big animal, man. man. Uh, Who was it? Safety John Lynch, man. He also yeah. made it. Yeah, that that was one I was happy about. I mean, I, I know you're all warm and fuzzy about Peyton. Peyton yeah. deserves to be there, obviously. John Lynch Peyton, definitely deserves Peyton to be there. Peyton is the uh, you know, second-best quarterback of all time, uh, right behind Tom Brady. But I'll um, stab you. John Lynch definitely deserves to be He's one of the favorite, favorite guys to watch play the game. Of course, like you said, Peyton Manning at quarterback. They inducted a scout, um, Bill Nunn, I believe. Yeah, um, Bill Nunn. Yeah. Um, and then there was another wide receiver. Hey, Drew Pearson, who was the opposite of Michael Irvin during the Cowboys dynasty. Uh, okay. Oh, that's why I didn't know who it was. He's a cowboy. I didn't care. Right. Um, wow. Yep, that's how Oof, it works. And then defensive good. back, Charles Woodson. Now, there's another cat that deserves to be there, in my opinion. Absolutely. Like Charles. He's, I, he was a good guy. Absolutely. He was a primetime player with Oakland. Obviously, won a Super Bowl. Who do you think was better, him or Deion, or, um, <laughs> Deion Smith? I mean, uh, Sanders. God dang, man. I'm losing it. Deion Sanders. Who oh, do you think? Prime time, baby. Ain't nobody better than Prime. I don't know. Woodson lay a hit, boy. Yeah. See, prime I time think, couldn't hit. Yeah, but Prime time was a pretty boy, though. But Woodson ain't, you know, he ain't returning no punts and kicks like Prime time. That's true, though. Prime, prime time, time had a mouth, though, boy. Yeah, yeah but I love it. <laughs> you talks- gotta, you got to have a certain amount of swag. And That's all right, Prime time. I forgot what your name was for five seconds. Yeah, See, you ain't that Don't good. worry. He reminds you. <laughs> hey, what? What are you talking about, my yeah, Like that he, new commercial we got yeah, for Subway. Subway. You know, hey, yeah. two guys who were left out of the Hall of Fame that one, obviously, I'm just going ahead and say it, I'm very biased is Reggie Wayne. He'll get in. Typically, wide receivers take a little bit longer just because that position runs so deep. Um, And the other one is Zach Thomas, who was a middle linebacker of the Miami Dolphins for like 11 or 12 years. He's probably one of the top five linebackers of our era. Outside of, you know, hey, Ray Lewis, Keekley, the Takeo Spikes, Brian Erlacher is definitely up in there. But Brian is. Yeah. But, know, but hey, Zach Him or Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, but Ooh. Lawrence Taylor ain't really in my era. And Brian Same. Erlacher and Lawrence Taylor played two different styles of linebacker, and one was coked up. But hey, it worked. <laughs> it put hey, out my quarterback well, forever. Yeah, it did. Hey, R.I.P. Joe Tosman. Yeah. 
But uh, here's some good ones. Yeah. These are the ones I'm excited about. So, yeah. do you, tell me if you agree with this or not. Okay. And, you, and, and while I tell you when I agree, I posted all my picks in the 38 page to find us on Facebook at 38. And I'm going to tell you how many I got right because, boy, it was a ton and people disagreed with me. And I told them so. Well, I probably disagree with you. And it's probably why I'm going to disagree with half of these. So, Pepsi Rookie of the Year. Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, of course. That's Called a great it pick. And agreed. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We all agreed on that yep. one. Desert Humorbird deserved it, but definitely because Burr of the way he ended up. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. Kind of now Justin yeah. Jefferson was my sneaky pick for that. Uh yeah, we did both agree that he was he was close. Yeah, yeah he was good. He was good. Uh AP defensive player of the year, Los Angeles Rams, defensive lineman, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. And people wanted to argue TJ Watt with me, and I told them TJ Watt, Watt's good. Yeah. But, but Aaron Donald is double to triple team. Every mm-hmm. single play. There's nobody else on that D-line who commands the type of respect that Aaron Donald, you know what I'm saying, commands. But, you know, T.J. Watt has Bud hey, Dupree on the other side who commands a ton of respect. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But Aaron Donald is that dude. He's the best player on defense in the NFL, hands down. So what I will say is with the double teams, it's because there's a lack of the same, you know, caliber player opposite of, yeah. opposite of them, so they know – yeah. Uh, but th- there's some guys coming up for Washington, young guys that, you know, dude, they're going to give Donald a run for his money. You got Yang, uh, Young and Sweat and Allen and Payne. That's, I got to see that. Yeah, the, I'm the, telling you. I say anybody going to give Aaron But Aaron Donald, of course, is is one of the one of the yeah. best, of uh, going to be one of the best of all times. Here's another one. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year presented by Microsoft Surface. Uh, we've already went over that. Justin Sorry. Herbert. Yeah. Justin there's Herbert. two separate awards, and I don't know why. Why? I, I don't know. Just so Microsoft can get their uh, sponsorship, yep. sponsorship in there. Okay, so guess who won the Microsoft Surface Rookie of the Year? Oh, Justin Herbert. Great. Yeah. Okay, AP Offensive Player of the Year. Now, tell me if you agree with this one. Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, the MVP is going to be slanted towards a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know what I'm saying, having Aaron Rodgers win it. The AP Offensive Player of the Year, I think, goes to skill positions outside of the quarterback spot, typically speaking, and Derrick Henry with 2,000 rushing yards of being the catalyst behind a Tennessee Titans offense to who went 11-5 during the course of the regular season. Nobody can stop that guy. You hit like He's like a freight train. You know it's coming at 10 p.m. and ain't nothing you can do about it, and if you step in front of it, like he threw Josh Norman into like, you know what I'm saying, the next world in a dimension. He, you know, he brutalized safeties and DBs and linebackers all year with a stiff arm, He's six four. He's built like a defensive end. And there's nothing you do to stop him. You know, it's like so, RIP to your secondary though if you try to tackle that large human being. So you think he's more deserving of that award than I can't believe I'm saying this. Um I, let me preface it by saying Mr. G's better. But yeah, you he's think more he's, deserving than Travis You think Kelsey. he's more yeah. deserving than Travis Kelsey? It's a two thousand yard back, dude. I mean, those are really hard to come up with. Here's a tight end that's making 150 recept 145, 150 receptions. It's a back that gets two thousand yards in a pass heavy league. But they don't. They're not pass heavy in Tennessee. But the rest of the league is the contrary. The whole rest of the league doing. I think it stands for something. When you come in there with the old school offensive approach and have a big back and pound it down your throat, this thing do about it. I, like I think he deserves it. But has he won a Super Bowl? No. Has he I got mean, to a Super Bowl? It's plenty of grace to haven't won a Super Bowl. I but mean, I'm just that's saying that's not what the award is. I'm just it's saying not the, if you I'm won a Super Bowl, saying, the award I don't know. I, I mean, Leonard Fournette. I would think if you're that great and that productive of an offensive player, your team would at least. Get deep into the playoffs, not knocked out in the first round. This going out. Um, Last year, he made the AFC title game, <laughs> and then lost. Hey, I, I'm not. I'm not against Derrick Henry winning that. I mean, Derrick Henry's definitely my like top three. It yeah. could go either way, but I'm just. I guess I'm trying to. Like, I think the three I could think of who were highest on my list for that. You know, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. 
Um, but but you know, being a rookie, I can see why he don't get it. Right. Yeah, having his 1,400 yards, breaking his rookie record. And as you mentioned, right. Travis Kelsey and Derrick Henry. Yeah, those are those three that three, yeah. I could see. Or Devontae Adams. I mean, he led the league in touchdowns. Yeah, the top yardage. yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, he did make a huge difference for Green Bay. But but the difference is, though, is Travis Kelsey was making all those re- receiving yards and catches on a team that had multiple weapons, whereas Green Bay outside of Devontae Adams and then maybe Jones, but not really. So, moving on. A- AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, presented by, we'll give you the the uh, plug here, Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface was my boy Washington defensive end Chase Young. Do you agree with this? Do you think he was the best rookie player? I Actually, think there's I, predict- I think there's two or three that could. Here's one I got wrong, and I predicted Jeremy Chin. I was right about that. That Jeremy Chin was Jeremy good. Chin was the one I predicted just because Carolina's defense was so bad outside of Jeremy Chin and having Chase Young, who did have a honestly had a great rookie year. He does, you know, he does has have some help on the D-line in Washington. I did not want to My God, yes, yeah. he does. Where Jeremy Chin had no help on the back end of the defense of Carolina. Let me ask you this question then. Hmm? So you got Chase Young winning this award. Okay. Who do you think is the, better, the best defensive end in Washington? Chase Young or Montez Sweat? I still go Chase Young. I honestly feel I mean, Montez based, Sweat was more disruptive this year. Yeah. I mean, those two guys are going to benefit but, from playing beside each yeah, other. Yeah, I never want to see them split. Yeah, yeah this is a relationship that does not need yeah. to go south. Yeah. Anyways, move on. Uh, Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Hey, to all you Teddy Bridgewater haters, Carolina Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater wins the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. I like Teddy B, man. He I think does, he's a, man. Yeah, he's a wonderful dude, man. I like, I like how Teddy he just B. ran and sat down on the bench after running yeah, that out of the bounds. That was cool. That's cool. <laughs> AP Comeback Player of the Year presented by Visa. Yep. Washington quarterback Alex Smith. And see, everybody was. We're represented well here, yeah. man. Three receivers, three receptions. I mean, yeah, but everybody was saying Big Ben. You know, so that should also be okay. Big Ben didn't almost lose his life in a right. limb. Right. Um. Obviously, Big Ben outperformed Alex Smith. Right. But just looking at the injuries that they had, and you know how they come back. How can you not outperform you, Alex on, Smith bro. when you're receiving core, Big Ben? Yeah. Come on, bro. It was Alex Smith easy choice? Yeah. Almost died to come back, and yeah. he didn't even know he was going to start in the game he played in. Right. He had to come in. To, now, because the other quarterback broke his leg at right. the home field. You right. How would you like to be having just come back from the injury you came back, have to walk onto a field to play after the quarterback broke his leg? Y'all got to fix that field and watch the baby. Yeah, it is it's something. Now, this one is a play we're going to have – I mean, a award we're going to have to talk about because I disagree with this. The Bridgestone Clutch Performance Play of the Year. Hail Mary touchdown pass from Kyler Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, I remember – Oh, that was cold, but He went I, over three I, of them. I remember that play. Oh man, the jump man gloves on—that was cold. Yeah, I remember it, but was it the most? Is it the play that was burned into my memory the most? No. All right, what was yours? Heineke diving from the uh, five. I, yeah, uh, eleven minutes. No, I, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm serious, that, dude. That yeah. play went, man. It went like huge. It was memes and memes and memes. Yeah. I mean, it's all. It was. To me, that was the play of See, the I think year. Like outside of Washington fans, or fans of Tampa, like I don't really like. I forgot that play happened, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Honey diving from the five? Yeah. I'm like the play from DeAndre. Can we not call him that? I'm just uh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> call him what yeah. you want. Top five worst nickname. No. I'm just but, saying. You know what's in the play from, um, hey, excuse me, Kyle to DeAndre did kind of stand out to me where he went over three defenders and got that as the clock expired. I remember the play. Yeah. But I don't think about it. I don't. It doesn't even enter my thought process during the day until I saw that it won the award. I someone talks to me about Tyler Heineke making that diving play all the time. But anyway, AP Assistant Coach of the Year, Buffalo Bills Offensive Coordinator Brian DeBall. 
Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. That's not one I picked up, but that's one I can agree with. Though seeing the transformation of Josh Allen this year, so he didn't win the Defensive Player of the Year, but the Deacon Jones Award goes to Pittsburgh Steelers pass rusher T.J. Watt, very deserving. Yep, uh, heck of a that's defensive a player. Bud Light's Sally uh, of the Year, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, celebrate Chase Claypool touchdown. Yeah, I that's don't an odd award. <laughs> understand this award? Uh, yeah, it's just award for best, you know, dance or pose or whatever. It, uh, okay, I, I don't care. Like y'all took away all the fun after you know Chad Johnson could rock the baby and wear the sombrero in the end zone and pull the <laughs> right, out, yeah. man, sign the autograph call. So I'm like, I don't care, man. If y'all gonna celebrate in NFL, stop being pansies and let them celebrate. Okay, this is another one that could have went I one of two it ways. And I told people for yeah. three weeks this is gonna happen. Well, I know what I know. This is what you said was gonna happen. Brian Flores is going to win no, Coach of the Year. No, that, I, no, 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 play it back. He can't. He can't find it. Play it back. Is what there. I said was, <laughs> no. if the Browns made the playoffs, nope. it's the fans he was going to win. Yes, nope. it is. I said on the Facebook page, nope. too, at 3rd and 8. Nope. If Flores made the playoffs, they were going to win it. Play and it I, back. I'm going to go back through all the podcasts. He Chris said, ain't got that much time. I'll be glad if you want to go back yeah, through them. He said <laughs> Brian Flores was going to win the award. And then, come about week nine, he started to transition a little bit. And he said, well... If Miami don't make the playoffs, it's going to be Kevin Stefanski. And, and, Cliv- and Cleveland does. Well, then it will be Kevin Stefanski. But Brian Flores be number two. No, no, you were on the 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 Flores the, the, the full Flores. After the season, I was the one that said Kevin or the or uh, the uh, the Bills head coach was going yeah. to win it. And you were like, I don't know, it's going to be Flores. After yeah. the season ended. Yes. Yeah, I posted all my picks in 38. That's true, I said you did. Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I'm glad you did decide to finally come over to what I've been saying the whole year. It must feel right to finally be right. Oh, I mean, wait a minute. It must feel nice to be right. Oh, good Lord. Jeez, welcome to yeah. the right side, my Let's friend. Let's move on. Anyways, <laughs> DraftKings Breakout Daily Fantasy Player of the Year gets awarded to uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Very deserving. Yeah. yeah, he, he is a breakout player. Yep. Great job. Finally, nice to see him throwing touchdowns versus interceptions. Way to go, Josh Allen. Moving on. <laughs> AP most valuable player <laughs> delivered by Pete. Yeah, I'm just uh, look. He had a good year. It's still two out of three was interception, inter- interception, he also interception. Got, he also got rid of his uh, horrible QB coach David Kelly, who's not a head coach of the Houston Texans. Well, but good. Okay. Hey, Go yeah. uh, more power. I will. Yeah. I like Josh. Good job. Yeah. I mean, he has the strongest arm in the NFL, in my opinion. AP most valuable player delivered by Pizza Hut's going to the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron. Rodgers, wrong. Hey, but 45, or excuse me. Yeah, this is like five. the superlative award given to like, uh, was it Miss Congeniality? This is who they give to the guy who. He threw 48 touchdowns uh, to five picks. Hey, That's mad. You numbers. didn't win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady did. Well, so that ain't got because, to do with the regular because season. Because you lost to Tom Brady. Here, let me go ahead and give you this award. Weird fact. Yeah. That's verted on the before yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, either the way. They knew award. what was going to happen. Everybody could see it but you. Everybody could see it but you. Wrong. Anyways, Wrong. moving on. Walter Payton, <laughs> NFL Man of the Year, presented by Nationwide, going to Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. Yep. Uh, couldn't disagree more, but is what it is. I like Russ, man. Thank I do Russ. too, but I. He's the only man of the year. He's the only man rocking the perm in 2021 and doing it well. And he's married to Sierra. Can't knock the man. Mahomes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. He got a perm. Alert, 
Welcome back to Third and Eight here on Nextdoor Radio, brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Let's get back to our show with the final segment. Here are your hosts, Brandon Adcock and Jason Varner. Hey guys, and welcome back to uh, Third and Eight on Nextdoor Radio and NextdoorRadio.com. I'm brought to you by Vanco Outdoor Power Equipment. Obviously, here's our favorite segment of the week: is our food segment. Uh, this restaurant is pretty well known locally. It's Pino's in Henderson. Uh huh. It's good. And as Chris has really suggested, good. yeah, we all eat there Friday night. And so we're going to go around, and I'll start with you, Jason, mm-hmm. and tell our favorite thing. Ooh, our favorite thing off the menu? Oh, uh, yeah, Pino's in Henderson, Ooh. North Carolina. Yep. Okay. Favorite thing off the menu? Baked ziti with meatballs. Ooh. Yeah, man. Oh, really? Oh, man, it's amazing. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Cheesesteak's great. Everything there is I've ever had great. Spaghetti with meatballs good. Cheesesteak's great. The burgers are good. The pizza's good. But my favorite thing off the menu is that baked ziti with some... Man, them meatballs are like good. Has three it got like the sausage in, in it or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, okay. they yeah, like three meat. Yeah, they're like three okay. meat type. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, and it's good. It's good. And then the, the sauce there is just really good, man. I love a good spaghetti slice marinara sauce. Yep. It's good. It's They basically transition the same sauce through all their food items, whether it's the pizza, the spaghetti. So it's kind of like this common taste throughout yeah, like all universal of them. Type yeah, and okay. it's good, man. It's good. Their fries are good, too. Like, if you get the cheesesteak, I mean, I, some of y'all might pick that as a favorite food. You got to talk about the fries. People forget about the sides sometimes, yeah. but they might have the best fries because they have, like, those steakhouse fries. Uh-huh. They have the best fries, I think, in town. Uh, honestly, in, in the Tri-County area. like Those are, like, person like highly battered, though. I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Like, between Person County, Vance County, and Granville County, that whole Tri-County area, that's the best fries I've had. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hands down. That's a restaurant. I'm going to touch over here in a second. I was, was going to say, he said Person County. It reminded me of yeah. something that we definitely got to cover at some point. But. All right, Chris, I'm going to let you uh, hey, pick your favorite menu items. And- <laughs> so, what I, what I recently had... Uh, was their chicken tenders. And I know that's an odd thing to order because apparently a I'm a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, but their Man, chicken I can't wait tenders. To see you. You're about 18, 19. Are you, are you play football? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were in a hurry, though. Right. I mean, I get why I ordered. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Well, yeah. well I, I will tell you what I didn't order, and that was an appropriately sized booth. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you, full disclosure, though, if you go to Pino's in Henderson, North Carolina, get a table. <laughs> you're on the size, the variety of me and Chris on the size spectrum. And get a table. I'm you, <laughs> me and Chris didn't get a deep breath till we left. You feel me? Like, we, and to be fair, the dude asked. He was like, "All I got is a booth. Is that okay?" And we're like, "Yeah, we we bro, I knew. Yeah. He knew what was. Up. He just yeah. didn't want to say it. Like, all right, yeah. I see you three. Yeah. Two of y'all are a little bit on the spectrum here, and the other one's heading in that direction. No and, offense. And I'm gonna tell you, the, the reason I went for chicken tenders is because I knew they was gonna be light enough to be held right where that table, that booth was holding me up, yeah. so the way I could finally slide out the booth, it would actually digest. Man, he but, just called me fat, man. I just realized. That I'm not on my way to being fat. I apologize on air too, as well, though. If you, you know, I point that out as well. Man, can't believe he did that to me. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> but so, so the chicken tenders actually reminded me. Uh, I was telling Brandon while we were yep. there, actually, it reminded me of a place we used to eat at uh, in Holden Beach. My parents used to have a place in Holden Beach. Um, and it was called Bougie. it was Sunset or Sunrise something. Um, Sunrise biscuit, no, 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 that's good. Though. Um, but it, it was right there in Shalot, actually. Um, and it, it just it brought me back to my childhood. It had an amazing, perfect amount of, of uh, batter, and mm-hmm. it was you know fried perfectly. And of course, I eat mine with ketchup because again, I'm three. Uh, <laughs> that's where Carson gets it from. I was gonna say, man, no barbecue sauce and ranch. <laughs> no, and, and it was delicious. But the the things I love the most from there. Are there toasted ravioli? Oh yeah, those oh, things are good, dude. Man. Oh man, yeah. 
Yeah, those right. things, and you're right about the sauce. I mean, it, it's not too watery, it's not too thick, it's kind of just right. Mm-hmm. But man, those toasted ravioli, it's not right? too sweet. It's yeah. not too yeah. It's you it's dip just perfect. Those bad boys yeah. down in there. Oh man, it, it's just. Was it me or <sighs> was it just me or was it true? Like your chicken tenders, they come out looking like little paper footballs. Like they were like triangle. Were they all triangle shape or they were kind of no, all like they, odd they shape? Oh, like you thinly sliced fish. Too, <laughs> 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 I mean, if they'd have cut them in little dinosaurs or something. Uh, but no, they they, they actually kind of look like thin slices of fish, right? Yeah, but it, it looked they're, good. They're they they're really good. It's it's a, a perfect amount. Uh, I got the appetizer of all things. Uh, you know, you'd expect me to eat a meal, but. Uh, I went for the appetizer, and yeah, it was great. Uh, in fact, now that I think about it, I'd love to have those chicken tenders with their marinara. Oh, I know. And see if I can make my own little chicken parmesan. Basically, that's it, right? what you'd have, yeah, yeah, like chicken parm, yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so that's what I had, and uh, and then, like I so said, the, the toasted ravioli is what I love. So, uh, so Brandon, that brings it over to you, man. Now, you know what it was? You know why he called me fat early? He's just mad Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. Oh, my good Lord. He's no, just mad he Tom Brady He was just repeating something he heard you say you, before. You just yeah. mad Tom. You couldn't handle Tom winning. And you couldn't handle Tyler Haneke playing, uh, Taylor hey, Haneke playing better than yeah, Mahomes. He don't even know who the guy's name is. I'm just saying. I hope one day, I hope yeah. to find somebody that loves me as much as Jason loves anybody that plays in the Redskins and Kirk Cousins. <sighs> or, I do love Kirk Cousins. Or, get married. or apparently on the Dolphins, because, I mean, you know, he's got that one guy he Mr. loves G. there. Yeah. You no. know what I like? No, no, got three minutes. You know what I like? I like great players. No, yeah. I, was, I was talking about this guy. Taco Villoyeva. Taco. Taco. Love is a strong he, word, brother. He, he likes great players, though, but loves uh, uh, teams and players who go 8-8 eight and, eight and 79. But, hey, back to Alpino's topic. Uh, my favorite food, honestly, from there is their calzones. Oh, yeah. And if you've never oh. had one, it's massive. Like, it's literally like the size of a trash can top. No, it is. And tastes like, I'm not sure, you know, uh, hey, what the buffet line in heaven is going to look like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be on there. What but, did you say you use as a club to beat a what? <laughs> yeah, an animal to death. Yeah, like, yeah, I said that on the break. I didn't want to repeat that on there, but you can use it as a weapon. Like, you know, uh, hey, your wife had brought it home, you know, hey, one time we all got together, then when I got a cow's own, and I requested a large. I'm like, all right, this whatever. Yeah, no. She handed me the box, and the bottom of the box almost folded through. She yeah. was like, hold it with two hands. I was like, my bad. Didn't that I know I was carrying a disclaimer? Yeah, like, I didn't know I was carrying yeah, a small big. child in this yeah. box. My bad. Yeah, it's nice, man. You reckon she had to strap that into a safety harness on the way home? <laughs> it definitely. Oh, yeah. He got his own seatbelt because yeah. Belt thing kept going off. Yeah, that was set off. Um, yeah, yeah, like a seatbelt. You know, what I'm saying the alarm in my Dodge for sure. It's that heavy. Like you seen the alarm in my truck, uh-huh. it, it dings the oh, whole time. Oh my sweet lord, Dodge, oh, Dodge. <laughs> it won't shut up, man. Some yeah. of us, some of us are a little more hefty. <laughs> Than the length of your seat. Is that what you gonna tell the police officer when they catch you? Myself, (laughs) like (laughs) officer, I'm fat, and this seatbelt won't reach around. Yo, my truck will let you know. (laughs) Oh my good lord! Y'all trucks are quitting about five or ten seconds. Mine's like I'm gonna beep till like either you buckle up or wreck this. And it's like every three seconds. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's It's annoying. It's all good. I mean, it it gets the job done. Yeah, way to go. Speaking of which, I got a new challenge for us, man. So y'all saw my Surpro card they gave me, right? The new one. Yeah, because I started out in Lincoln, and my boss. Thought he would be funny and sent me home in a Mazda too. I, I want to see if car. one of you two f- can fit in that thing, man. I was going to say it. <laughs> one of us could. At the Do same you, time, both hey. of us cannot. <laughs> Question first. Hey, full disclosure. Have you got any Crisco with the house? <laughs> I got some spray Pam. If we got, I don't two. trust that. I don't trust. Have you got Crisco? Like I want the stuff that Grandma used, not the stuff we use now. Twenty, you know, twenty twenty one. Like it I want the nineteen ninety Lord. It would probably take it. Look, I was I started the other front axles. Look, no, nah, look. 
I was sitting in it, and Alex walks up. He's like, "There ain't enough room in the back for me." And little Alex, I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah. <laughs> you have to fold us up twice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. And we still might be the size of the actual car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some Chris touched earlier that was there. Um, yeah, like at Pino's, there was their little raviolis. Uh-huh. Oh, they good, He man. turned me on to those, man. Them jokers are the bomb. They are Boy. good. They make good. Look, and I know you two don't like to talk about this, but they do make good salads. Like the, I'm out. Yeah, how <laughs> See would you guys I know? next week? No, yeah. no. <laughs> no, they do though. Like they're like if you're out there listening and you know you're not into like just all bad foods, they do. They have some killer salads. If you ain't trying them, they got like the really good chicken Caesar. My wife always gets that. So uh, the, on the health side, they got some options. But look, that's the signal. It's all over for this week, just like it's all over for them Chiefs. Tampa Bay did it again. Wow, he had to go there. So did Tom Brady, my man, the best ever. We'll see you next week.